Our next guest is one of Australia's most well-respected comedians. He's not only a regular on Talking About Your Generation, he's also the host of the 7pm project. It's my absolute privilege to welcome to Studio A, Mr. Charlie Pickering. Charlie? Hey, thank you. Uh, thank you so much. Firstly, for coming down here. It is. It is lovely to be here. I'm very excited. Uh, I'm very excited. I've noticed your, your, the rules of censorship on your show are actually different to ours. I think it might be your later time slot. I'm not sure what it is, but I think I, I heard the word cock before. That was yeah. exciting, wasn't that? Good fun. When Glenn said cock and you all laughed, <laughs> that that was good, wasn't it? That was great. Because we, we've got we're heaps stricter than that. Like yeah. our rules. Uh, I, I I don't think we can. Well, we can't even say flange. Like, it's too controversial. Mate, if you want to throw a few rounds... Well, it's not... The, the weird thing, we had this, this argument recently. Um, we're allowed to say that someone took drugs, but we're not allowed to say how they took drugs. Like, you can say that someone took cocaine. Right. You're not allowed to say that they snorted cocaine. Because apparently there's going to be some 12-year-old kid at home with, like, a pile of cocaine <laughs> just going, oh, well, thank God, I had no idea what I was meant to do with this for the 7pm project. If, thank you. If only I, ha I knew how to use this. Yeah, <laughs> just, I spent 27 grand on cocaine, and I'm like, do I rub it in my hair? Is it, is it talcum powder? But... Thanks, Charlie. Appreciate that. There's babies just going, yeah. this is the most expensive deodorant <laughs> I have ever had. And now, it'd be great, though. 12-year-old kids would really pay attention in class with a bit more cocaine going It'd on. Be... Pick me, miss. I know everything in the world right now. Um, Alert, but not alarm. Yeah, that's right. Now, mate, I noticed your makeup, you, you, you're wearing 7pm makeup, aren't you? Yeah, there's, there's, there's something wrong with a man who arrives wearing his own makeup. No, but... <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 this is, they, they, they literally spray this on with it, like with an air spray. Like, I get airbrushed every day. Well, I, I saw you and I went, Charlie, do you need to get it? Charlie, you look amazing. Go on, you want to touch it? No. Go on, have a, have a, a little bit. That. That's good. Yes, yeah, that's that is. Good. Uh, you'll have to wash your hands now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mate, I brought you here because... Uh, you know, I graduated from the school of kids who can't read good, and a lot of what <laughs> has happened this week uh, involving mm. Kevin Rudd and Julia Gillard, I don't understand. The, the first thing I don't understand is, I know Prime Ministers have been kind of overthrown by their own party before, yet every time this is mentioned, they say it's an unprecedented thing. Why, why is that? For a couple of reasons. I think the main reason it's unprecedented is the guy was actually Prime Minister. Normally when you see people backstab each other and swap their leader, it's when they're in opposition and they're, and they're desperate. Um, yeah. Like, a, a good example, like, the Labor Party, they sacked, uh, Bob Hawke basically arranged for Bill Hayden to be sacked a, a year before he was elected Prime Minister back in 83, but they weren't in power at the time. Right. But, but, but the one thing about that is it was, it was less than a year before an election and they still won the election. So I think Labor were probably thinking that when they did this. Their polling numbers were bad and they had to do something to completely turn their polling numbers around to have a chance in the election. Right, it, it, and it happened so quickly. I mean, it happened so quickly. The first time I heard about it was uh, on Twitter, because, you know, I'm yep. Gen Y technology. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it, by the next morning, it was done. It was kind of 10 o'clock, it got announced. By 9.30, people could have slept through that. How? It, it, it was amazing. We had, Hugh Remington was on the show, on our show, on the Wednesday night, yep. and literally what we asked him to, to comment on was two guys who'd shot each other in the ass and thought that was funny, right? <laughs> and he's like the most politics guy I know, and he clearly had no idea. Like, if right. he knew the leadership spill was on, he would not have been speaking about two guys shooting each other in the ass. <laughs> he would have been speaking about two people knifing each other in the back. Very similar thing. Yeah. Right? But I, and I couldn't believe it. I'd been working all day shooting Your Generation. I got home at 10.20, and there's... Um, Kevin Rudd giving a press conference going, game on, the fight 
tomorrow morning and no one knew it was going to happen and, and, and it has never happened this quickly. Now, they say, you know, no one saw it coming in the public, but I was reading that Kevin Rudd uh, canvassed his MPs for, for their approval maybe a week before. Uh, he, he wouldn't do that, surely, if he didn't think something was happening. Yeah, uh, he knew he wasn't popular. People were writing names on his chair, things like that. All of that. He, he, he walked in and, 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 and instead of kick me stuck to his back, he had oust me yeah. stuck to his back. That's not good. But he, you know, I, I'm sure Kevin Rudd through his life has been used to not being popular. I'm sure being Prime Minister was the one time he was ever like the most popular guy he knew. Everyone wanted to sit next to him. Yeah, everyone wanted, everyone, everyone wanted to know K-Rudd. Yeah. Right? But, uh, but his, his popularity went. And the thing about Kevin Rudd was within the Labor Party, there's lots of factions. There's the left and the right and the unions. And, and he wasn't really aligned to any of them. And he wasn't mates with many of them. He, the people that supported him were the Australian people. So when the polling numbers pissed off on him, he was left with no one in the room to support him. When the Australian people weren't there, all of the factions were going, yeah. no, nah, we're going to go with one of our own. Yeah. And yeah. so... And Julie Gillard, she's obviously, she's got the job, she's in now. I saw her uh, initial address and she didn't mention God, which, do you think she's still a bit angry over the red hair thing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure, I'm, I'm sure she's a bigger person than to think that is a reason to write off an entire day. <laughs> I, I, I don't think so. I, I actually think that, that was a really smart move personally because we're, we're, we're one of the most irreligious Western yeah. societies in the world. We don't, we don't actually like religion interfering with politics that much. We like a separation of church and state. Uh, and, and as Australians by and large see religion as your own choice to do, which is where she's very different to Tony Abbott. In every decision he makes, he's gonna, he's gonna check with Jesus before he does it. Yeah. That's just how he rolls. You know, your and my virginity was not a precious gift, but that of every woman was. Yeah, you, my, you and I threw them away. I was going to say, mine was a gift. I was standing out in the street just going, take it, just yeah. take it. <laughs> anyway, it like no, to, I haven't gift wrapped it. Like trying to return a gift in the Boxing Day sales. No one wants to pay attention yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but, so I think it was smart of her. She made, it, she made a point of difference between her and Tony Abbott. And that's what we're going to see. We're going to see two very different candidates heading into the election. And I think she's got a very good chance. If she can broker a deal with the mining companies, and if she does that in the next few weeks, she should just announce the election that day and she'll have the thing in the bag. Mark my words, unless I'm wrong. <laughs> she will win. Do you reckon she will win? Yeah, I, I do think she will win. But I think Kevin Rudd would have won anyway. I think Labor panicked. But from here, Julia Gillard, her popularity is up at 53%. Now, um, Tony Abbott's down at about 24, 25 today. So I, I, I think she's looking good. She just needs to ride the wave. One, one picture in a boat, budgie smugglers, and she'll be through. Yeah. Um, and can I just point out, in this election, one thing to bear in mind, that um, politicians kissing babies is fine but that is the only profession where that's allowed. I just <laughs> want to say that that's really important to remember. <laughs> I, I won't do it at any gigs, just no, go to any gigs. I'll kiss it. No, don't. Yeah, uh, don't do that. It's just the virginity thing coming back and haunting me again. <laughs> hey, Charlie, uh, I did also want to say uh, congratulations massively on the 7pm project's success. You're one of kind of, uh, you and Husey, you're the only comedians to have a nightly show, night after night, it's so good. Now that particularly Rove's gone to see some Australian comedy on TV and... Uh, you know, it's great. Congratulations so much. Thank you very much. And, uh, thank oh, can you I say, this is your second episode. It is. Do you know what they said, said to us after our second episode? Ah, give it a week. Now, <laughs> I won't say that to you. I'm really enjoying the show and well done to you too. Great. Cheers. Thank you, mate. And, uh, this Do you want to make been... out? We're going to make out now. Ooh, definitely in the back. <laughs> with, with that makeup, I couldn't say no. Uh, <laughs> now, Charlie, this has been quite a serious chat. I'd mm. love to get you back a bit later to uh, have some fun. Will you come, come back? I would, I would love to do that. That'd be great. Ladies great. and gentlemen, Charlie Pickering. Uh,